0: Circle, produced by Great Plains Tribal Leaders Health Board. This is tribal sovereignty. It's our children's future. It's what our ancestors and our elders fought for. It's what we continue to fight for today, so that our people may live. All right, this is The Circle brought to you by the Great Plains Tribal Leaders Health Board. I am Ray Rowland along with Brandon Ekafee. Today's episode, we're going to be talking to Amanda Hill, one of our new providers at the Oyate Health Center. She's a certified nurse midwife joining OHC. She has over 13 years of experience in midwifery and indigenous women's health. So she's here to talk about uh, the various women's health services that are now being offered at Oyate Health Center. So we got a good show lined up for you today. It's been a busy past few weeks. On August the 12th, we had a community swim event and vaccination event where we partnered with Atiapi Program and RAI, the Rural American Initiatives, where they provided food and free swim to the entire community. Uh, Our OHC mobile clinic was on hand administering their vaccinations where... um, They also did an incentive drawing for Central States Fair passes for those who got the vaccine. We got over 40 vaccines administered. Uh, So to me, it was a good event. It was a good turnout. I mean, just one can potentially, you know, save 10. So it was a good turnout. With the rally coming to an end and the Central States Fair beginning this last week, it's important for us to remind our relatives to stay safe. And try to social distance whenever possible wear your mask wash your hands or use hand sanitizer when you can however you know we're even more protected when we get vaccinated so don't wait get your shot do your part to protect our elders in our community you can get your vaccine monday through friday at 725 north lacrosse street in rapid city our oyate health center facility there on lacrosse street or you can contact them at 605 3552500 to schedule your appointment. Another event that took place this past week was a backpack giveaway that was put together by I Am Legacy, um, located in a Rushmore Mall. OHC again was on hand with their mobile clinic, handing out the vaccines. It was a good turnout there as well. We even caught up with a few of the skaters from the Toby Classic. Shout out to Andonis Marino of Rapid City, holding it down for the lady skaters up there. They got their vaccines, so I had to hook them up with some skateboards, courtesy of the Toby Classic and the Dead Pond skateboards. and also coming up on September the 7th, we will be partnering with Indian Collective in Atiapi Once again, uh, Indian Collective will be doing a backpack giveaway as well at the Mother Butler Center in Rapid City from 3 to 7 p.m. Our, our OHC mobile clinic, again, will be administering the vaccine that day as well. So come out to Mother Butler on the 7th of September from 3 to 7. Uh, you can give Laura a call. She works with the Atiopi program. Her number is 605 341-3339 if you have any questions. Now, some other big news that we had for the month of July, uh, the Oyate Health Center met their $1 million revenue mark. Is that right, Bren?
1: For the first time since the opening of the Oyate Health Center, they've seen a month where they brought in over a $1 million in revenue. So that's something to be celebrated. While the rest of the healthcare industry struggling navigating the pandemic, um, dealing with COVID, dealing with lower Patient visits, lower patient interactions, The IT Health Center continues to grow, continues to expand. You know, and, and we were able to hear a report um, given by the CEO and, and given by administration at the Yate Health Center to the mini Luzaha. We chose on the advisory committee here in Rapid City. You know, and me and you are gonna be giving that same report tomorrow to the OST council. But you know, there's some interesting numbers that have come out of that. You know, we're looking at being 91 percent into our yearly goal for revenue that revenue was seven million dollars that goal for revenue was Latte Health Center set long ago said we're gonna make seven million dollars in revenue with 91 or excuse me with 86 percent of the year done we're 91 percent of the way towards that goal you know we're looking at an additional million dollar month coming up and you know it's just a sign of the progress a sign of the improvement you know what can happen when tribes invest in their own people and let their own people take control of their institutions? You know, the OTE Health Center is improving.
0: Yeah, we're doing big things. and I mean, those are some big med- benchmarks to hit. How did they do it? How did the OHC meet their goal like that?
1: You know, it's just about being innovative. We look at the, the old IHS model, you know, where you get funding and it's stuck in certain boxes. You can only do this. You can only do that. You know, when the OST, when the lawsuit tribe and the Cheyenne River Sioux Tribe made the decision to take control of their healthcare in Rapid City and partner with the Great Plains Tribal Leaders Health Board to manage it, you know, it opened up a world of possibilities that are now being exploited. You know, there's expanded services up there, improved care, less wait times, monitoring, you know, provider productivity, you know, effective third-party billing, um, you know, even, you know, things like buying insurance for you know, for tribal members who, you know, we know who have, you know, chronic illnesses are going to need to be coming into the facility a lot and, you know, who need to be referred out for care. You know, when the Oyate Health Center created their sponsorship program, their tribal sponsorship program, they begin purchasing insurance for those tribal members. So, you know, whereas in the past, you know, you look at, you know, people who are struggling and and from just a financial perspective, not from a human perspective, but seeing that, you know their care provides an effective or a, a powerful strain on resources you know those resources are meant for them we're happy that they're getting them but how do we make them dollars stretch further you know and that, and that sponsorship program was a, a perfect example of the innovation and the improvement that's taking place there you know you identify which patients are you know sp- you know y- utilizing a lot of the resources a higher percentage of the resources than most people you know you find an insurance program that fits their needs you know by us by the Oyate Health Center when I say yes Oyate Health Center purchasing insurance for them you know it actually turns them into someone who's contributing to a revenue stream that could be then be used to expand services improve services hire more nurses hire more providers you know get the equipment we need you know start to create specialty care our specialty clinics you know all those things you know that were possible without the 638 contract, without going this route, are beginning to be exploited. And, you know, we couldn't be happier. You know, that's what we we promised that we were going to do. We promised we were going to expand services. We promised we were going to bring in providers. We're going to hold those providers accountable. You know, and, and it's all contributing to something very special up there. You know, another example, you know, just a small example that we've talked on the show before was the texting service that reminded patients when their appointments are, you know, and What people fail to realize is that when you don't show up to an appointment at at your IHS facility or, for example, at our tribally run Oyate Health Center, that provider is still on the clock. So that provider is, you know, being paid a salary to be there. The nurses are being a salary, paid their salary to be there. You know, we're paying utilities, lights, all those things that cost to keep a facility running in tip top shape. But when there's no-shows, you know, we're not, that's not the best way to utilize our resources, not the best way to utilize our staff. So when we decided to invest in a texting service that helps remind patients to, well, when their appointment is, you know, help them plan, you know, that brings them in. And, you know, then you can build Medicaid and you build Medicare, you can build private insurance, creates a revenue stream that helps to supplement the pay of all our staff. And in, and in doing so, it really stretches the dollar. You know, and, and furthermore, you know, we've even hired drivers for patients. You know, if a patient doesn't um, have a ride to make it to their appointment, we have full, fully, I guess, what is it? Full-time staff. Yeah. That's their goal is to just drive our patients, our relatives from their home to their appointment to their referral. You know, I think right now there's a Pine Ridge guy as our driver, Yo Clayton Clifford everybody knows plato you know yeah well yep. He grew up i even grew up playing little league baseball with him so i was very happy when i heard that he was on board up there you know good guy good guy that a lot of people in pine ridge know oh, yeah. but you know that's kind of you know what's taking shape at oyate house center is it's our people running the facility it's our people dealing directly you know with our relatives with our elderly you know when you look at The numbers of of employees at the Oyate House Center, 64% of them are tribal members, are enrolled child members. Of that 64%, 45% of those are from Pine Ridge or Oglala. 18% come from Cheyenne River, and 10% come from Rosebud, and the remaining um, 25% are enrolled tribal members of somewhere other than here, you know. Rosebud, Crow, you know, something like that. So, you know, it's really becoming a tribally driven, community driven, community empowerment example of what tribal sovereignty is, you know, of our people taking control of our institutions, improving them in ways that the federal government always promised that they would but never did, and making the experience overall better for our patients and our relatives who are sick, who are in need of care.
0: Yeah, this is self governance at its best, and there's just big things on the horizon. What is the current status of the new
1: clinic up there? By the way, you know, because of the because of the the uh, light winter last year, it allowed it allowed construction crews to continue pressing forward and doing things that they normally couldn't do in the winter. And we're looking at that building being completed, you know, up to a year and a half early, and that building, the new Oyate Health Center, the new facility that's being constructed on the, on the Susan campus now is going to open the doors for the expansion of everything that the Oyate Health Center has promised it was going to do. There's more, you know, when you think about, you know, we're already, you know, starting to see revenue of over a million dollars a month. That's, expect, that's not expected to change at all. If anything, that's expected to grow as our user population grows, as our number of patient visits grow, but the only limiting factor on just the explosion of, of just, you know, better care, more services and, and, you know, overall just a better healthcare experience is space. You know, the Susan, the old Susan building that the Oyate Health Center currently occupies puts a lot of limitations on what we can do. You know, you can't do a specialty clinic when you don't have exam rooms, you know, you can't, you know, there's so, so much you can't do just because we're limited by space and now the introduction of a modern state-of-the-art facility located in a prime location that'll be fully staffed, you know, and, and fully equipped to improve healthcare in Rapid City under the guidance, I guess, under the governance of, of two tribal nations and a management of a tribal organization. You know, the healthcare outlook for this community is super, super bright.
0: Yeah, this is what 638 is, is supposed to do, is, is help us grow as a nation. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, our guest today is Amanda Hill, one of our new providers at OHC, and she's here to talk about the additional services that they're being offered, uh, that they are offering in the realm of women's health at the Oyate Health Center. So what drove the need for additional services like this at OHC?
1: in pennington county there are tens of thousands of women of childbearing age Um, and in reality you know creating you know health services are are creating a place where their needs where, where where specifically women's health needs can be met is a monumental task you know for the last several years the native women's health has been in operation up there on a the Sioux, Sioux campus and in their own location there, separate from the Oyate Health Center. And they've do, been doing a tremendous job of, of trying to meet the needs of the native women population in Pennington County. Um, unfortunately, you know, that population is so expansive, you know, and so large that there is a dramatic need for more services and the Oyate Health Center recognized that that, you know, there was some, that we could provide help in relieving, you know, some of that demand, you know, Native Women's Health does a great job, you know, and, but they're also limited by space, you know, they're also limited by staff, they're also limited by funding, just like any other tribal health organization. And so when Ollate Health Center recognized that, you know, that, you know, it was very difficult for them to 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 service the entire demand, to service all these, you know, women who, who need health care needs and said, you know, well, how can we, help to supplement you know how can we help to relieve your load so that more of our people are getting care you know the obvious transition is to create you know a native women's health care type service within the Oyate Health Center and you know finding funding for that or you know finding ways to make those dollars stretch you know is again as a specialty of Oyate Health Center and we found a way to do that by not only recruiting and, and hiring one of the absolute best um, providers in the area, um, in the field of Native women's health. And also, you know, supplementing that budget with, you know, a grant that that's under the health board side um, that helps to, you know, to stretch the dollar, you know. And in the past, we've talked about how IHS was limited, you know, that that model of care was limited in what they could do with funding. Um, this was a perfect example um, of how the health board and how the Oyate Health Center have been innovating and in finding funding. Um, I think uh Miss Hill will highlight, you know, how that works, but you know, part of the expenses um, that she will accrue and that patients will accrue at the Oyate Health Center are going to be paid for by a grant program that the health board um, applied for and, and received. Um, I think it's called uh, the program itself is called um, honor every woman under the direction of Callie LeBeau, And you know, they pay for a number of women's health services that would otherwise be pulled out of the PRC. So, you know, a native woman comes into the Health Center to see Ms. Hill, um, and there's a service there that we can't provide or a service that needs to be referred out to. When we refer, you know, these patients out to other facilities, that grant funding kicks in and pays for it. You know, and in, in, in any other circumstance, you know, when we refer people out, you know, it comes out of the PRC budget and a purchase, again, a purchase-referred care budget is limited, um, there's all kinds of, you know, red tape, government red tape on how it can be sure. used, so it makes it very difficult to meet the needs of the patients. One way that 638 contracting, the Oyate Health Center, Great Plains Tribal Leaders Health Board, got around that, or at least expanded these services, was to bring in that grant funding, and and for so long we've said, you know, the advantage of this is what we can pursue other resources, other funding options, that the federal government couldn't, the IHS couldn't, and so now we're starting to see that. We're starting to, you know, kind of see the end of this pandemic. I mean, of course, we're starting to see variants, and you know, it's not going to be gone completely right now. But as we start to kind of, you know, move past, you know, the where we were a year ago, and we start to see more patients, we start to expand services, you know, it, it's we're going to see more of this. Oh yeah, good things on
0: on the horizon, for sure, and. Uh, again, this is the circle brought to you by the Great Plains Tribal Leaders Health Board. Uh, we're going to be bringing again Manda Hill on um, with us to to go over those types of services. And before we go, though, kind of give us an idea where we're headed for the future. What is on the horizon for Oyate Health Center and the health board?
1: Something really neat that I came across during that I listened to you yesterday. We, we said we set in the mini luncheon we chose on the advisory committee meeting, and we heard the reports and you know we got the reports that had the raw data and I sat in my office this morning as I prepared to go on to council tomorrow and I looked at the satisfaction rates of our patients you know at the Oyate Health Center we have several kiosks set up we have um, the QR codes on the wall um, and we have uh, official complaint forms that are available to patients because we want feedback you know we we also we always want patients to you know if you have an issue let us know and that's why we improve it and so we make you know the kiosk electronic kiosk the qr codes on on the wall where a patient could just scan their phone you know and have a form pop up and fill it out are in the paper forms are always available and we do that because we want we want their responses but when you look at at the numbers themselves over the last over 2021 so far the pharmacy there's to use this as an example the pharmacy has given out hundred and six thousand prescriptions 106,000, you know, that number is just mind blowing. And you think I have 106,000, you know, how many complaints are you going to get? You know, how many, compl- you know, what are you going to hear? And so far we've got a total of 48, Yeah. 48 and the entire facility, not just, right. not just pharmacy. So you go to the pharmacy, look at it and it's in the teens. And no matter what, how you crunch them numbers, You know, people who are receiving their prescriptions from the Oyate Health Center are more than 99.9% satisfied with their service. You know, and people can say what they want. You know, people, I heard this, I heard that. But the raw numbers that look at it that we look at every day that we, we have the ability to analyze, that we're pushing on a patient's, hey, fill out this complaint form if you have a problem. Hey, let us know if there's a problem. How do we address things and prove them? and you dig into the numbers and there's a 99.9% approval rating for those who are receiving prescriptions at the Oyate Health Center. That's not a joke. It's not, it's not that we're manipulating data. It's not that we're changing. These are the raw numbers that show it and there's no arguing with it. The facts. And the fact of the matter is, is that we said we were going to do this. We said that a tribally run facility, you know, staffed by people who care about it because our kids use the facility our, our families use the facility we want it to be better when they're getting 99 rating in any department at that facility you know it's something to really celebrate and and dental you know dental pushes it on um you always heard the, the you know i'm gonna go to dental i have to wait yeah 15 hours i can't get no prescription those numbers are going up for patients seen um patients who come over there are they've extended their hours too extended seven their seven. hours 99% approval rating you know it's no joke that things are getting better up here and it's something that can be done in other places you know and we just need the support of you know our travel governments you know we're doing it on behalf of them we're doing it because we want to improve the lives of the people but now you know 2 years into this We're getting the raw data. We're seeing that people are happier. We're seeing that people are healthier. We're doing all these different things to improve the patient experience. You know, and these are changes that have taken place in a matter of months, you know, 18 to 24 months that the federal government couldn't do for decades. They promised for decades, we're gonna get better, we're gonna do this, we're gonna stretch your dollar, we're gonna get the best providers. And they couldn't even, you know, remove poor performing providers and, you know, our way of tracking uh, provider productivity, you know, is just one way, just one little tiny change and shift that we introduced to this service unit that wasn't there before in the interest of improving health care for all our people who use the facility.
0: Absolutely. And if you are just joining us again, this is The Circle brought to you by the Great Plains Tribal Leaders Health Board. If you have any questions for us, we're going to be here once a week or actually, excuse me, twice a week. We'll be airing on Keeley on Tuesdays at 4 p.m. and Fridays at 10 a.m. So if you guys have any questions or if you have any uh, issues or any complaints that need to be addressed, again, give us a call. Email us. My phone number here is 605-721-1922. Or you can email me at raylin.roland That's R-A-Y-L-I-N dot roland, R-O-W-L-A-N-D at gptchb.org. So reach out to us. We want to hear from you. Again, we're going to be bringing Amanda Hill on the air with us here in just a moment. She's going to be talking all things women's health. Uh, Stick with us. Uh, This has been The Circle once
1: again on Keeley Radio.
2: Hey, my name is Mandy Hill. I am the
1: new nurse midwife at Oyate Health Center. Mandy, you've I want to welcome you to the Oyate House Center. Um, you've been with us for a couple weeks now, yeah. but you've had an extensive history of working with um, Lakota people. Um, you, know, you know, you want to just kind of let the audience hear about your background of where, where, where you've been from? You know, Yeah, the-
2: absolutely. So I grew up in Sioux Falls. I'm from South Dakota. I think it's kind of rare to find a practitioner that's, you know, a South Dakota native. And I've grown up here my whole life. Uh, Never thought I'd end up on the west side of the state, but I've been over here um, on the west side serving indigenous people for about 15 years now. I graduated from Augustana College in Sioux Falls and then came out for a nursing internship to Pine Ridge, kind of on a fluke, and I stayed. (laughs) So I worked as an OB nurse um, in Pine Ridge for two years and then was really... uh, transformed by the care that the nurse midwives were able to provide for the women in Pine Ridge, and so I applied to midwifery school and went out to University of Pennsylvania and got my midwifery degree, so I have a master's in nursing um, for that, and then I wanted to go there because I knew I was coming back to Pine Ridge, so I wanted high volume, high intensity, high risk. Um, so they I came back, and then as soon as I graduated, I came back in August, or July of 2008, and I was
1: working as a nurse midwife since then. So you were in Pine Ridge um, for many years. Um, now that you're with the Oyate Health Center, what kind of uh, services are you providing there? Um, you know, kind of right. What's your goal for, for coming on board with us at the Health Board?
2: Yeah, so I was really um, blessed to be able to hone my skills as a nurse midwife. Um, and the Indian Health Service has a long track record of excellent midwifery care and autonomy. Um, of practice, so I've been able to do everything from pre-puberty, you know, talking about your birth, your um, menses, and uh, coming of age. I do Ashanti programs for women and young girls on the Pine Ridge Reservation, and then birth control, STD testing, irregular periods, hormone questions, pap smears, well-woman exams, cancer screenings, and then prenatal care, and um, I do ultrasounds and prenatal care and I can co-manage high-risk pregnancies with the physicians here in town. I think that's the benefit of being here for so long. I've been in Pine Ridge for 13 years as a midwife and I've probably talked to every OB on the phone at one point. Um, I've had a really good working relationship with all of them. And then I can do postpartum care, lactation services. I'm a Uh, certified lactation counselors so I can really provide some extra lactation support for our young moms that are having problems and then um, birth control I do all the different forms of birth control so including our next command and our long-acting reversible contraceptives like IUDs and then menopausal care so as we reach the other side of that rainbow you know that life cycle when people are starting to go through the other change we can walk through that together and make sure that you are in control of your health and feel like you know exactly what's
1: going to go on in your body. Sure and you know it seems to me you know just kind of in the the conversation surrounding health and and public health and and, in the services that are provided to our people that women's health isn't always given the the credit and and the notoriety that it needs. Mm -hmm. Um, You know there's obviously a, a large need for for this kind of service. Um, now that you're in, in, in Rapid City, do you have an idea of what kind of um, patient population you're serving, their caseload? Um, you know, what what exactly is the, the demand for these kinds of services up here?
2: Right, I think that the demand is great. Native Women's has done an awesome job of being able to reach out to indigenous women in the area, um, but there's always more need. And so for women who fall through the gaps of Medicare or Medicaid or don't have private insurance, or who've never been over to Oyate, but are eligible for services, I want to reach out to them and welcome them into our program because we are an umbrella service, you know, so you can come to me and get your birth control started and maybe we can do a well woman exam. And, but I'm also taking care of the whole woman. um, And so I'm gonna do your cholesterol, I'm gonna check your thyroid, and if something is amiss or going on, We can shuffle you right over to one of the other primary practitioners and make sure that all of your health care is taken care of completely instead of piecemeal in different buildings
1: what um I guess what kind of health issues do the native women need to be aware of you know what's kind of the the preeminent uh, I guess issues that that they're facing as far as their health
2: so I think Weight, of course, is always a big thing, and it's hard to talk about, because we're always conscious about our weight. Um, But American Indian women are at risk for diabetes. If they've had gestational diabetes in their pregnancy, they may have thought, well, that was just in my pregnancy, and now it's gone away. But just even having gestational diabetes increases your risk of developing diabetes later in life by 50%. Mm -hmm. Same thing with preeclampsia. If you've had preeclampsia or hypertension in pregnancy, your risk of developing hypertension later on in life also increases by 50 to 60%. So those things that we may have forgotten about when we were pregnant or we were young can come back to cause problems later on in our life. So not only are those things an issue, um, but also I've seen an epidemic of polycystic ovarian syndrome, which is a metabolic syndrome. And people think, well, just because you know, it's causing me to have more acne or I'm not getting my moon time regularly or I might have, you know, hair on my chin and those are all symptoms, but it's a full metabolic issue that affects women. Um, Everything from infertility and inability to, to get pregnant to increased risk of miscarriage and then metabolic issues, so increased risk of heart disease and hypertension and those type of things as well. And so really making sure that we know that we can diagnose the, that correctly and get people on the right medications, as well as getting them onto a regimen of good diet and exercise, and helping them understand their own health so that they can take control of it.
1: Sure. And when we talk about you know kind of like the whole women's health and, and relating it back to these metabolic issues, you know, it's not always just diet, mm-hmm. you know, that that contributes to these things. You know, it's managing stress, it's managing emotions. Yep. And as, you know, people age, you know, a lot of times it's, it's hormonal, mm-hmm. you know, um, environmental factors that, that contribute to some of these health things. So is that kind of whole person, whole patient environment approach, is, it, is that what, how you look at it? That's
2: exactly how I look at it, absolutely. So sometimes, you know, when a woman is having these, maybe some polycystic ovaries or infertility issues or even just nausea in pregnancy stepping back and saying, well, what kind of stress are we having in life, or what's going on, or what's making you sick about this pregnancy? Or maybe there is some undisclosed sexual abuse. We know that one in three American Indian women have been survivors of sexual abuse in their lifetime, and I don't think that's always addressed. And we know that those are chronic, long-term health issues that are contributed to that abuse later on. Whether it's substance abuse or chronic pain, headaches, migraines, you know, maybe they had a TBI from getting beat up or a domestic violence situation that we don't know about. So, really being able to dig in deep, so that we can advocate for their own, for their health, and they can understand it better.
1: Yeah, and you know, I I follow studies. You know, um, I try to stay somewhat physically fit, and you know, a lot of times the the conversations surrounding um, surrounding the we know weight loss or everything else you know it comes down to sleep, it comes down to you know all kinds of other factors you I mean, you could have a, a person who comes in, consumes the exact same amount of calories, you know relatively the same profile of an individual, yep. but if stress isn 't managed if if sleep isn 't managed, you know yeah. all those things contribute you know I think a lot of times people beat themselves up you know i can 't get my weight down, you know i can 't do this, why is it so easy for them and it 's not always mm-hmm. just calories in, calories out. You no, know?
2: you're absolutely right. Cortisol and the stress response has a huge impact on our cardiac health and our ability to shed weight, right? So that whole fight, flight, or freeze response that we have if we're constantly in a stressful situation, whether it's at home or with work or even just managing our kids day to day, being single parents or trying to shuffle them around or meet and meet ends, it can be really stressful. So we don't always get the appropriate sleep. We don't get the restorative sleep. Our heart rate variability and our and even our resting heart rate are um, affected by those stress hormones. And so then we can't recover well and we can't shed that weight because our body is literally just in a survival mode. And so really trying to get women out of survival mode and into thrive mode.
1: Sure. Yeah, and that's you know, that's the, the whole person approach. And that's kind of the Oyate Health Center is, is is looking at the overall person, you know, not just, you know, specific behaviors, but their home environment, their mental health, and, and how that connects to their physical health. And you know, that was kind of the idea behind the, the large expansion that the Oyate Health Center implemented, behavioral health, um, you know, fund it through some grant programs, you know, fund it through some IHS funding, finding some innovative ways to expand services. And in Rapid City, um, Native women have been served by Native, Native Women's Health. Um, that's a 638 program that the Oglala Sioux Tribe manages. Um, they manage the shares for the Oglala Sioux Tribe, and the Cheyenne River Sioux Tribe. And they've been providing services to women up here for quite a while. Um, unfortunately, you know, um, Native healthcare nationally is often underfunded by federally, and so, finding ways to fund these types of services is, is one of the challenges that are uh, faced by Native health care providers. Um, the Weate Health Center um, is working with uh, Native Women's Health um, to expand services. Native Women's Health um, has a certain capacity to meet the needs of a certain amount of patients. And with the large population of Native women in Rapid City, there's been an overflow for a long time. You know, sometimes the the limited number of providers, the limited uh, access to even just space to get services has made it difficult. And so the health board approached uh, Native Women's Health and and said, you know, how can we work together to expand services? What can we do? And bringing you on board is part of that. Um, We know Native Women's Health is working extremely hard to to meet the need, but just the large population here makes it difficult for them. And so the Yate Health Center um, partnered with Native Women's Health to bring you aboard. um, And, and, you know, when there's a lot of overflow from there, we're starting to see those patients now. Um, Can you kind of talk about, I guess, um, how that sharing of of demand works or the sharing of patients works?
2: Um, In Pine Ridge, for example, we have multiple (laughs) women's health clinics. So we have the Four Directions Clinic in Kyle, and we have the Pine Ridge Clinic, and we have the Lake Creek Clinic in wombly so patients can choose where they wanna go. And so I think, honestly, for all women, they should be able to choose where they want their healthcare to be. And so whether that's at Native Women's or if that's at Oyate, they now have a choice to where they wanna go. And if a woman goes to Native Women's, we are now doing their OB anatomy scans, if we're doing their pelvic ultrasounds, we're doing their labs at Oyate, and those services are now expedited quicker than previously when they were like send out labs and they may not get those results back for a week so that's an exciting change for Native women's and I'm happy for them because they're gonna be able to get their STD results and things back a lot sooner um, and then if, if a woman needs additional services at the urgent care I can help collaborate with the urgent care providers maybe her high blood pressure is going you know a problem or she just needs some IV fluids in pregnancy or something, I can make sure that we're collaborating together with the urgent care providers to give them the best care.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and we've talked about in the past in a lot of our episodes about PRC. Um, you know, purchase referred care has always been a, a, a difficult subject. Um, as, as many know, the certain amount of funds are allotted by Congress to service units to spend on purchase referred care. Purchase referred care. It means is you know if you have a service on site it's called direct care but when there's needs that can't be met by the facility there patients are referred out to another provider Mm -hmm. and so funding for that comes out of purchase referred care budget there's a limit on that but through the 638 process we're able to supplement um, that funding through grant programs through uh, third-party resources um, through a number of, of different ways. Um, and, and your program at Oyate Health Center is working closely with a grant program here at the health board called um, Honor Every Woman. Um, can you kind of talk about how them, how the sharing of resources there kind of benefits the community and benefits the, the overall care of patients? Yeah,
2: absolutely. So Honor Every Woman is a nationally funded program through the breast and cervical cancer screening grant funding nationally. And initially all of that funding was given in the early 2000s to the states to to run. And so it was run through the Department of Health in South Dakota as Every Woman Counts. And it was a great program, but it wasn't really targeting indigenous women and getting their access. So Great Plains Area Tribal Leaders Health Board was able to apply for their own funding and reach out to the indigenous populations. And so they've been working really well with native women and getting women signed up. So any woman that's eligible um, over the age of 21 and meets income guidelines and doesn't have Medicaid or private insurance can be eligible for this program for her pap smear or breast or cervical cancer screenings. And then we partnered with them last week as well so that every woman who comes to our program who is eligible we get reimbursement for their well woman exams and their pap smears and so does native women's and that way also if a woman has an abnormal pap smear or has a lump on her breast and needs further imaging or diagnostics or a biopsy honor every woman and this program through the great plains tribal leaders health board will then pick up that um and get authorization for those for those further testings, whether it's for a colposcopy or a LEAP for treatment of precancerous lesions on your cervix, or if it's for a biopsy on your breast. um, So that we're actually saving PRC funding so that those funds can then go on to take care of heart attacks or things that need to be sent to monument or need further evaluation.
1: Yeah, and that's a big advantage of of, Entering into the 638 process for for tribal governments and and through their healthcare system is that finding ways to stretch them PRC dollars so people are not getting bills in the mail saying, you know, this couldn't be covered or denials, you know, bringing in that grant funding, you know, Mm -hmm. really, really stretches that dollar. And and part of the pitch of of creating the Oyate House Center and putting it under the health board was a belief that we could expand services, stretch PRC dollars, and really get the the most out of every buck. And that's a perfect example of what's happening here. You know, as you said, you know, Native women can come in and, and you know, they meet certain requirements, they're referred out, that grant funding comes in, supplements PRC, you know, and, and allows for us to provide care to to more individuals. And as Oyate Health Center grows and as the Great Plains Tribal Leaders Health Board continues to grow, there'll be more and more opportunities to supplement PRC dollars with grant funding, with third-party funding, Um, you know, and and as we mentioned, again, as we mentioned before, you know, we even have a a tribal sponsorship program where we're purchasing insurance for certain individuals at the facility and, and it's saving us, you know, you know, over $100,000 now in, in mm-hmm. care that would have normally come out of the PRC budget. And, you know, and we, ne- we don't, you know, blame, you know, what, what has happened with the IHS system on individuals, but looking at it um, just systemically of how it was constructed and there were certain limitations on it. And Oyate House Center, Great Plains Travel Leaders Health Board is looking for ways to escape those limitations and bringing you on board is exactly, you know, in line with that belief that that we can do things better here. know now that we're moving forward with with this type of process so it's good Um,
2: I think it's really important too that women have a choice of where they want to go whether they have Medicaid or private insurance That if they are pregnant they can see anybody in the city if they have Medicaid but I hope that they choose us you Mm -hmm. know that I know that we can provide a really holistic approach to their pregnancy or to their women's health care and that we have the time to be able to sit down and talk to them through their whole pregnancy and get to know them, that they're gonna see me um, through their pregnancy and that we'll get them hooked up with somebody that can really provide the best delivery um, possible for them. Because well, it's about empowering women through their pregnancies and empowering families. So the better family building we do, the better our families at home will be. So and then we can also link them in to our pediatrics, which is incredibly important. So that all of their family can get their health care in one facility what,
1: what does it mean to really you know pr- provide culturally appropriate women's health and, and and how does that tie into kind of the holistic healing or the holistic view of looking at a patient and their family
2: right so when i teach ishnanti i always talk about you know our moon cycle as a woman comes every month and if we didn't see the full moon in the sky we'd think Gee, something's up with the world. Why isn't that full moon there, right? And as um, native people, you're in tune with what Unchi Maka is doing, and if you're not in tune with what's going on, and all of a sudden, you know, the moon doesn't show up in the sky or your moon doesn't show up on the regular day in the month, you gotta think, wow, what's going on with my own body? And I think sometimes we suppress that. We think, Oh, I'm just stressed, or oh I'm just, you know, not I'm you know, not something's not going on and you just forget about it, and then all of a sudden, other manifestations of our health, maybe it's stress, maybe it is your thyroid is out of whack, or maybe you're pregnant, or maybe you've developed polycystic ovary syndrome, or some other hormonal imbalance. But as women, we just keep pushing it down and ignoring our own health to take care of everybody else. And yet then our families suffer because we're not operating at 100%. So I had a woman last week and I was talking to her and she said, you know, she has some hormonal imbalances and she's like, well, I just deal with it, I just deal with it, but she's an awesome mom and she's so busy in the community. And I said, well, what is it gonna be be like and how are you gonna feel when you're operating at 100%? You know, you are giving 100% right now, but you don't have 100% within yourself. So really digging deep to make sure that we can address every health concern that a woman has, whether it's physical, whether it's balancing out her hormones, whether it's getting her into PRC to see an endocrinologist, maybe her cholesterol is way out of whack and that's predisposing her to high blood pressure or heart disease. And then her family could lose her much more prematurely, right? Mm -hmm. So attacking, um, attacking women's healthcare as a preventative measure so that we have a longer life expectancy, so that our mothers and our grandmothers are there to help raise those different generations.
1: You know, we're gonna be moving into uh, a larger, you know, facility that's three times as large as the (coughs) the current building we're in right now. You know, when we look at the future of of women's health at the Oyate Health Center, you know, in your vision, what does that kind of look like going forward?
2: Mm -hmm. So I really hope that we can expand women's health care that we have multiple women's health providers that uh, women have the option to see whichever pr- practitioner they want um, for the women's health care and that we can also create a almost like a cluster or a of women's health practitioners if you want to look at it like that so that we have behavioral health and a family nurse practitioner all kind of linked in together. So I can see her maybe for her woman's needs, you know, her pap smear or her pregnancy. But then if she has diabetes or if she has hypertension or she has something else going on in her life, she can go down and also get her diabetes taken care of after she does her pap smear. And then she can also go next door and see the counselor for the domestic violence or maybe just the life stress that she's going through or the loss of a spouse or a loved one so that we have a A family uh, clinic of so that we can address every need right there in a cluster women are really geared towards taking care of their health but they need to have the access and they need to have the availability availability and we need to be able to optimize that to make because women are busy we're all busy Mm -hmm. Um, but if we can provide an area where she can bring her kids you know, I see so many women like, I couldn't come in because I don't have a babysitter. I'm gonna like, bring your kids. I don't care. <laughs> you know, we'll find something for them to do. And, you know, there's been so many times where I just pull up Netflix or Disney Junior or something on my phone, um, getting coloring pages like, I don't care if a kid is running around my room. It's important that she's there and she's attending to her health. And that's an example that we as women set for our children and, you know, grandmas who come in and bring the tacoja that you are valuing your health. And then that is an example that you are showing to your other generations, that you are important.
1: Yeah, it's going to be awesome moving into the the new building, because along with the new building comes a higher staffing package from the federal government, you know, that's, that the tribes have chose to, you know, kind of cut out of the process through the 638, you know, towards directly hitting a tribal org. And, you know, with that new new staffing package, we're looking at an expansion of providers, an expansion of space, an expansion of an ability to see more and more patients. Um, You know, at the time, or right now, it's very, very difficult to meet the need of so many tens of thousands of women in Pennington County who need women's health care. But, you know, with the arrival of the new building, the expansion of staff, with the You know the hiring of individuals like yourself and other people who know our community as well as they do. You know it's going to really an exciting time for healthcare in Pennington County for tribal citizens. Um, You know what? How many? I guess how many patients are are you seeing every day? You know, is it kind of filled up right now? It isn't
2: filled. I have lots of openings because I we just started seeing patients last week. Um, Some of my equipment is still getting ordered. It's been you know exciting and. Barb LeBo and and the order um, purchasing department has just been fantastic to work with. But being able to get those things ordered so that we have the up to date materials, uh, I'm getting a colposcopy ordered, or coposcope so that I can do colposcopy for women who have abnormal pap smears, so they don't have to see a doctor that they've never met before, or that they're not comfortable with. We can do that right there in the office. You
1: know, is it how important is it that that um, I guess women in general, our patients in general, have a relationship with a. You know, are you considered a primary care provider? I, I could guess be a primary care. Yeah, absolutely. So, and
2: know, Medicaid and Tricare both consider nurse midwives primary care providers.
1: So you know, what is the importance of, of establishing care with someone consistently or with a, mm-hmm. a. You know, I guess a primary. Is that what they're called? Yeah. As primary care providers.
2: Primary care, PCP. Yep, absolutely. I think that's incredible. Um, And I've been so excited about Oyate because they've got an awesome group of primary care providers and we've just hired on about four more so within a month we're going to be even more staffed with excellent primary care providers that you know might see you or might see you and your spouse or your sisters and so you know working in Pine Ridge for so many years I was really really blessed to see families you know I would see a woman and then she'd bring her sister in and her sister might have similar problems to her or I might know that her, their mom died of breast cancer and so maybe we need to dig a little deeper into that genetic issue. Um, and so recognizing family patterns, maybe it's family patterns of stress, maybe it's family patterns of hormones or high blood pressure. And so having a primary care provider, whether they see just you through a number of years or if they just see your whole family is incredibly important because I get to see somebody change from week to week to month um, in a pregnancy. I can see if someone's mood is just not as bubbly or if something's bothering her um, much more acutely than if somebody just saw, you know, a contract provider, yeah. you know, every every time. And that's urgent care is wonderful. I've been incredibly impressed with the urgent care at Oyate, they have incredible um, practitioners that really, really care and go out of their way to make sure that we address everything, but they're urgent care. So those urgent needs, and then hopefully we can link people into that primary care so that they can get their hypertension addressed so we can get it controlled so that they can feel motivated and feel better, right? Because the better you feel, the more active you're going to be, the more engaged you're going to be with your family, and the better you'll be able to take care of everybody else.
1: Sure, yeah. I forgot I was going to say just now. I had a follow-up question. Um, we should ask about COVID-19,
0: though. So what are some of the questions or concerns that young mothers are coming in with?
2: Yeah, so I think COVID-19 has really changed healthcare. Obviously, you know, we do a lot of telehealth, and I do telehealth all the time. So first of all, if someone's scared of coming into the clinic, they can come just call me Set up or call my secretary. We can set up telehealth appointments. A lot of times I can treat things, maybe it's a UTI, maybe it's a yeast infection, over the phone, just really listening to the woman. So that's always available. Um, And that expands access to everybody. And I know that the primary care providers and outpatient clinic also do a lot of that. Um, But I think COVID-19 is concerning for pregnant women um, because we now have a vaccine, right? So we know that in the flu virus... Women who are pregnant are at higher risk of dying, they're at higher risk of respiratory failure, of preterm birth, and now there's much more data. We didn't know at first what was gonna happen, but COVID is a respiratory illness, it's also an inflammatory illness. So any kind of inflammation in the body during pregnancy predisposes you to preterm labor, it predisposes you to preeclampsia. And I was just reading a study this morning in preparation for this, um, They. A study that just came out in the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology showed that they looked at 26 different studies, over 100,000 women who had COVID in their pregnancies, and they had a 62% increased risk of preeclampsia. Now, preeclampsia is where your blood pressure goes up in pregnancy, and it causes to put more pressure on the placenta. So if you think of the placenta as a sponge... And you have high blood pressure, that placenta gets squeezed, and it can't fill up with blood, so that baby doesn't get as much blood flow. Um, And that's thought of because of the inflammatory factors in the COVID virus. We know the COVID virus can go into the placenta and cause that inflammation. Um, So that's a huge risk for women. American Indian women are also at risk for preeclampsia anyway. First-time moms, young moms are at risk of preeclampsia. And in pregnancy, you also have a decreased tidal volume. So you just can't hold as much oxygen in your lungs as you could when you're not pregnant. So if you have COVID and you can't breathe as well at all, or you're getting those microclots that we know in your lungs, um, or maybe some microhemorrhages, getting that oxygen perfusion to, your, to yourself, to your vital organs or to your baby is much more difficult.
1: What are the the kind the, of the belief right now as far as vaccines and pregnant women?
2: So um, the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology, the American College of Nurse Midwives, and the Society for Maternal Fetal Medicine have all come out with a collaborative statement recommending and encouraging all women who are pregnant and breastfeeding to get the COVID vaccine. And you can get any of them. So we have the Pfizer, we have the Moderna. And the j and j all three of them are available and all three are recommended
1: to get in pregnancy so we're you know we spoke with um nick hill who's an epidemiologist here with the great plains tribal epidemiology center he was saying that when pregnant women get the vaccine that some of the antibodies are passed on to the child yep. um can you kind of comment on that a little bit
2: yeah i think it's so cool so in the studies and they've studied Pfizer did their own studies specifically on pregnant women. So did Moderna. And then they followed those women through the pregnancies. It's important to note that in those studies, no babies died. It's important to know that, in, that preg- in those studies, no moms died. And when they had the babies, the studies actually collected cord blood. So the baby was delivered, the cord was cut, they drew off some of the blood from that cord, umbilical cord and antibodies against the COVID virus were in the cord blood, which means that those vi- the, and the babies also had antibodies against COVID. So we don't have a vaccine for newborns yet. We don't know when that's gonna be available or even for young kids, but we do know that women who are vaccinated in pregnancy, their babies have antibodies. So there is protection for that, against that virus for those babies.
1: Do we, do you have anything kind of on the horizon for if there's going to be vaccines for kids 12 and under?
2: Right now, I haven't heard any new updated. I think this whole Delta variant has really thrown a wrench and a curveball into that progression because I know previously they were looking somewhere between September and December at releasing at least the Pfizer vaccine for kids younger than 12, um, Now that with the Delta variant, we really need to make sure that those older people who are more at risk are either being covered by boosters and that um, documentation and literature is already starting to come out. I suspect in the next week or two, we're going to have a lot more evidence that boosters are needed Um, and that um, we're having supply expire. So I think the big concern too is that people are like, well, we haven't even vaccinated everybody but we have a bunch of doses even at Oyate that are going to expire in October so making sure that we get those shots into arms you know of whoever needs it the most so if you haven't started your first shot come in and get your first shot if you're you know 60 and older or you're at a higher risk you're at risk population and for women that actually includes women who have polycystic ovary syndrome they have an increased risk of severe COVID. So if you have one of those issues or if you have hypertension or diabetes or if you're even pre-diabetic, please come in and talk about getting your booster. Because I think that evidence is gonna come out in the next week and we're gonna be able to offer those.
1: You are you know, seven days a week, you can get the vaccine at the Oyate Health Center. The Oyate Health Center at La Crosse Street and at the main campus are offering the vaccine to every patient that walks through the door. Um, you know, we've tried to we've had multiple public events now where we're trying to encourage individuals to get the vaccine. And I've always said, you know, kids, you know, you have high school kids, you have kids 12 to 18 that want to have a full football season. You know, you want to have, hopefully have Lakota Nation Invitational this year. You know, all those things that kind of keep us sane over the the winter, you know, is kind of come down to whether or not our people decide to get the vaccine. Um, and, and we've seen pushback, but it's starting to be Less and less, I think. You know, there's some vocal people out there who advocate against vaccinations, but the overwhelming, you know, majority of evidence 99.9% of evidence, you know, is it's safe. You know, it, it's it's a lot better to get the vaccine than to get COVID. Um, you know, we've we're backed up by Great Plains Travel Epidemiology Center, Mr. Nick Hill, Dr. Megan O'Connell, who are on our social medias weekly, you know. If there's any questions out there about the vaccination, about COVID-19 vaccines, uh, the Ayotte Health Center, the Great Plains Tribal Leaders Health Board, Great Plains Tribal Epidemiology Center, we have experts on board here who are putting out public education, health education weekly about the vaccine. So reach out to us, You know, even you know, if you don't know a provider, you don't know the people from the epicenter, they can always give me and Ray a call. We'll link you up with whoever it is, you know, a lot of times we, you know, we can answer the questions. We, we've studied it pretty extensively ourselves now. Just encouraging the community to get vaccinations. Too many of us have passed away in the last, you know, 18 months from this, you know, this this virus, you know, this this whatever it is. Yeah, this, this new
2: is, Delta yeah. virus is scary, and that's the primary variant that's going around right now. Um, with the rally and with Central States Fair coming up, we are going to have an influx of people coming in through the state and we're already seeing that surge of of um, infections starting from those people. And so we really need to be cognizant of that, making sure we're still wearing our masks. Even if you're vaccinated or have your double vaccinations, be proud, wear that wear that mask, be a warrior and protect yourself. But it's not only just to protect yourself, you're really protecting others because more and more evidence shows that even if you are vaccinated twice, you can still carry the virus. We know that we're seeing breakthrough infections. You're less likely to get sick. You probably won't die, which is very, very important for all of us to know, but you may still carry it. So it's still important to wear your mask. It's still important to um, wash your hands and stay six feet away from people if you can, socially distance and try and avoid those crowds. I know we wanna get out. We know we wanna go back to normal. Our kids are going back to school next week. Um, and the Rapid City School District has not mandated masks, but encourage your child to wear a mask. Make sure they're wearing those masks because this Delta variant has been infecting younger kids. Um, In other hospitals down south, in South Carolina, I have a friend who's, they're doing post-mortem C-sections on mothers who have died of COVID in pregnancy. And I don't wanna see that here for our, our populations. I don't wanna see our families grieve the loss of a young mom or their baby or both because of something that could have been prevented through a vaccine.
1: So if a patient wants to schedule an appointment with you, what's your availability and how do they go about doing yeah, that?
2: I see patients every day, Monday through Friday, 8.30 to 3.30. Um, I'm always willing to squeeze somebody in if they have an urgent issue. They can call the main campus at 355-2500. Jennifer Owl is my MSA or my secretary but all of the patient registration can book in for me as well. I'm very available at this point. I'm willing to see any woman for whatever concern, even if she just wants a checkup or if she wants to just sit and talk about something, let's let's meet and let's work through those issues together.
1: All right. Thank you, Mandy.
0: All right. That is our show for this week. Thanks again to Amanda Hill from the Oyate Health Center. If any of you have any questions or anything that you want us to address on next week's show, give us a call here at 605-721-1922. Or you can hit us up on Facebook and Instagram. Or you can email me at raylan.roland at gptchb.org we're going to leave you with a little bit of lighthearted humor today. Standing Rock's own Reg Charging was gracious enough to do something special for us. Um, You know, with everything being so serious when it comes to COVID-19, we just wanted to kind of break that up a little bit and, and kind of look at the humor side, you know, the humorous side of things as we are accustomed to doing. Uh, amongst our people so again a little lighthearted humor the top 10 reasons natives don't get vaccinated so i hope you all enjoy that again that is at reg charging and friends you can find them on facebook youtube and again for the great plains tribal leaders health board this has been the circle i am ray roland here on keely radio the voice
3: of the lakota nation it's reg here are the top 10 reasons natives won't get vaccinated one they're planting chips in the vaccines that they're going to activate later bro you know how the government is there's bots in those vaccines They're going to activate later Control us Bro, I get it The government, I get it I don't trust them either But don't you think they would have done it already? Look at all the opportunities they would have had Think about all the times we got shots Chicken pox, smallpox, polio, MMR Nobody even knows what that is We don't ask what's What is MMR? We don't ask You take a daily shot for your insulin What is an in insulin? Two, they don't know what's in it I'm not taking that shot, man I don't even know what's in it. You don't know what's in it. Bro, what's in commodity lunch and meat? We've been eating that our whole lives, putting that into our bodies. And you know who gives us commodity lunch and meat? The government. Three, full bloods don't need it. Bro, I'm full blood. Full bloods don't need that. Where did you get this research from? Because not to be that guy, but during smallpox, that kind of worked against us, didn't it? Number four, the bros that think they already got COVID so they don't need to get vaccinated for it. I already got COVID, bro. Like five, six, seven years ago. Had a sore throat, fever, headache, the lungs, all of it had to be COVID. You got COVID-19 in 2015? And that's your reason for not getting vaccinated? And let's let's just follow that line of thought. If that were possible, which it's not, Are you sure that your antibodies last that long? Number five, the oyate that think they can't catch it. I can't catch COVID, bro. I've been around it all the time, around all kinds of people. I I just can't get it. I'm just the type of guy that can't get it. Do you not remember? You said the same thing about STIs, bro, and how many times did I have to take you to IHS to get new antibiotics? And again, what's in antibiotics? You don't know, but they sure help, don't they? Number six. Council's recommending it. I was thinking about getting it until council said to get it. And after that, I ain't getting it. I don't trust them. No, that's fair. Number seven, it'll affect their jumper. I heard that shot makes your arm sore. That'll affect my jumper, Neff. Uncle's got some tournaments coming up. Just happened to the shot on the other side. Plus, you can't even shoot anywhere. For eight, they don't want to take the shot because they don't know the long-term effects of it. I'm not getting that shot. We don't even know the long-term effects of it. Maybe. But we also don't know the long-term effects of COVID. Number nine. They heard it from a bro who did a lot of research on YouTube that said it wasn't good. I don't know about that shot, man. I heard it from my bro who spends all day researching this stuff on the internet. Your bro, the one who's perfectly able to work, but chooses not to have a job, lives in your grandma's basement, spends all day on the dark corners of the internet. That's where you're going to get your medical advice from? That's who you're going to listen to? Number 10. They refuse to live in fear of the virus. I'm just going to live my life, bro. I'm not going to live in fear. That's kind of odd because now I'm living in fear of being within six feet of you without a mask. And you know what? My uncle said the same thing. But when the tribe gave out $500, he was the first one in line.